So you have a couple of moments to figure out if the position you've placed yourself in is going to be something that the qualifier would be is something that's sustainable. So if for some reason you don't feel like it's going to be the most sustainable of positions or it doesn't feel, Dimmer does not want to go. Oh well, as good as I can get over here. If it feels like you're not going to be able to hold it with ease, then feel free to adapt it. And that means you could change your arm position or your legs. And if what you choose the first time doesn't work, then choose something else. All of those is fine. So what you're trying to find is something sustainable. Now, nothing lasts forever. So even when you find something that's sustainable, you're looking for comfortable enough, which means it's not causing undue discomfort or any sort of sensation in your joints that feels unwise. But you'll never get to like perfect comfort. Even the most comfortable of like laying in bed experiences doesn't last forever. So try to just choose something that will be suitable enough for now. We tend to be in, right now, a pretty quiet environment. So just start with deciding whether your eyes would be better open or closed for you. If closing them causes too much wandering or makes you feel uncomfortable in some way, you can open them. You could turn your gaze down if you were sitting. You let your eyes fuzz out on the ceiling if you're lying down, if they're open. Whatever brings you a sense of ease. And then in this quiet environment, short of my voice, there's only very subtle sounds to hear. There's a little bit of a vibration happening from the air conditioning or the heat. There's also a low hum from perhaps the same thing. But those might not be experiences that are apparent or available to you. So it would solely be the sound of my voice, or maybe the sound of your breath is apparent to you. But if it's the breath or some other small sound, or my voice, see if you can let your mind, when there is sound available, settle on sound or what sound is available, let it settle on sound. And when for some reason the mind wanders, be it to anything, not that those other items are, or other experiences are not valid, but when the mind wanders, it's just to gently guide it back to sound in some way. mild sounds that are happening here are an experience to be had in the present moment. It's just one sensory experience. And we could say that sound is impermanent in the experience of it. What sounds are there, what they sound like, the tempo, the frequency, that all is impermanent and changing. And sound won't disappear, but you can change your focal point 
move it now to the, how your body is touching certain surfaces. So for each one of you, you've chosen a different configuration in space using different props in different ways. But there are parts of your body being supported by be it the chair or the floor or a prop. You can take your mind and allow it to settle on contact with whatever surface you're being supported by. And it is a fairly esoteric statement or one that is much more descriptive, but you allow your body to be supported by whatever is underneath of it. Whatever points you feel contact with, can you let those points of your body settle and relax or feel a little bit heavier in relation to the floor or the supporting object? Now, if there's too many variables with contact like that, or sound was a better option for you, then you could return to sound as the anchor. You could also choose to return to contact with surface, and it could even be one part of your body in relation to surface, and choose that as your anchor as we move forward. With the feeling of touch, the tactile experience of contact with the floor or with a prop. And then there's the experience of your breath. The breath has sound. You could experience it that way. You could experience breath and use it as a focal point by feeling it entering and exiting through your nose. Or maybe how the feeling of breath, or the movement of the breath impacts the contact that your body has with surface. Every single one of those experiences, be it sound, be it contact with surface, the sensory experience of that, be it the movement of the breath and how that impacts the contact with surface or impacts sound, all of those are anchors you could choose from here. And if one of those does not work, then there are other sensory experiences that you could have or choose. But your focus will change throughout class to other activities, to other sensory experiences to make choices off of. So in that process, if the mind wanders too far or begins to move in a direction that is not here, then guide your mind back to the anchor. And when there's nothing else to focus on, it's to guide yourself back to whatever anchor you've chosen. Whatever you've chosen, let your mind settle there now and return to your personal focal point.
this point it's no consequence whether you're lying down or if you're sitting. If you have your legs turned out or your knees knocked in, just bring your knees and your feet to roughly what would feel like they were hip distance apart for you. The direction that your toes face is of no consequence yet, and the activity in your feet doesn't matter. You let your arms rest at your sides in some way. Turning palms up might make it slightly easier to have the arms out, and if you need to widen them a bit, that's fine as well. And if you're sitting up, just sit yourself up in a way where you're on top of the sit bones. It might mean wiggling yourself a bit forward or leaning a bit forward. So regardless of where you are, start to rock the sit bones either up away from the floor or rock the sit bones towards the middle of the room. The sit bones to ceiling or middle of the room and then rock back to where the sit bones are neutral in relation to the floor where you're sitting on top of them and then rock to the front of the sit bones or rock your sit bones down towards the floor. So just these little rocks back and forth where you're curling the pelvis under you a bit and then curling it out behind you. And as you rock back and forth between this, if there's sensation around the sacral region or in the hip crease, something that feels counterproductive, then consider rocking a bit less. You can return to not rocking at all. And then just take your hands to the hip crease or where your thighs are meeting the front of the pelvis and just notice what happens in that region as you rock back and forth. So if you're sitting, it would be where the fold in your pants would be. So notice that as you rock the sit bones towards the middle of the room or the ceiling, that the hip, the amount of fold it's in, decreases. Now as you rock the sit bones back to neutral, or rock them down to the floor or towards the wall if you're sitting, the fold increases and deepens. And then you can go from the crease of the hip up to perhaps where the rib cage sits at the bottom or the abdomen, or you could also notice just the lower back and its relationship with the floor, especially the center line, the spine, and those same tips back and forth what happens to the lower back as you tip the pelvis back and forth? For some of you, there'll be only a minor change. For some of you, maybe there's quite a bit. We could notice the lower back rounding and arching as you change the position of the pelvis. Eventually, let the pelvis come to a place where if you're sitting, you feel like you're on top of the sit bones. If you're lying down where you're just relaxed in relation to the floor, let the pelvis neutralize. And just notice the angle that the hip is at and notice how the lower back feels in relation to either the wall that's behind you or the chair back that's behind you or the floor. There, go up a bit higher. And start to notice the neck. So you can, if you're lying down or seated, just lift and lower the chin. So move the chin 
up and down in relation to the chest. If you have a ponytail, you might need to move it out of the way. And just notice as you move the chin towards the chest, the neck moves down towards the floor, back towards the wall. And as you lift the chin away from the chest, the neck bends away from the wall or away from the floor, so arching and rounding some. If you're tactile, you could put your finger on the top of your chest and reach up and touch your chin and just notice as the head moves up and down how it would change in relation to that set of points. And eventually let your head rest at what would feel like a neutral place for you, lying down back to where you were positioned when you were relaxed. When you're seated in a position where it feels like the chin is in a neutral relationship with your chest. We call this your spine's personal neutral position now. So for those of you lying down, when you're ready, make your way up to sitting on the chair. For those of you sitting, you can stay there. Through the process, you'll have to pay attention to yourself moving, and if you're sitting, you can pay attention to your anchor, drag your mind back to that. So if once you sit, the chair is too tall and you have a couple blocks, you're welcome to put the blocks under your feet or to put the bolster under your feet. And then same idea is to position your feet and knees roughly hip distance apart for you. And just for a moment, once you're here and seated, play with the positioning of your feet in terms of the angle they're facing. For some of you, you have yoga feet, heels behind your second toe. So what would it be like to maybe turn one foot out a little bit, maybe the other? If you can find a place where your feet feel hip distance apart, but roughly whatever degree of turnout or in that they would need to be to feel stable and anchored and comfortable in relation to the blocks of the floor. And then come back to your spine and its position. So you can close your eyes or fix the eyes on a point, but rock back and forth front to back of sit bones until you get your lower back to feel like you're neutral for you how it was when you were lying down or how you figured out before when you were seated how that was configured. And for most of you, because of the angle of this chair, it might mean your back is not touching the chair. And then lift or lower the chin until your neck feels like it comes to rest in a neutral place for you. Once the neck is positioned neutral and the rest of the spine is positioned neutrally for you, let it sit there, let it remain. Just put your hands on the fronts of your thighs or on the crease of your hips if that's available. And take your attention down to your feet. And start with just the right foot, but lift your right heel up off of the floor. And then bring it back down. Start just lifting and lowering the right heel. And you can move this dynamically up and down, or you can also lift the heel and then hold it there. 
Noticing how the ankle is going from what it would be like standing to what it would be like standing on your toes or on the balls of your feet. Maybe we even peel the ball of the foot up off of the floor so you end up on the tiptoes. Um, or if the feet aren't on the floor, you point the toes. So it would be like as if you were wearing ballet slippers. How do you go from neutral to pointed or neutral to plantar flexed? And once you've worked with the right foot enough, go to the left. So heel up and down. And toes as the heel lift bend backwards more. The ankle points. And play with holding it. What's the experience like to hold the heel up off of the floor? Hold the joint in plantar flexion or in a pointed position. You could add the toes to that. Once you've figured out in the left foot, right foot, completely different experiences in relation to one another, how much you do is of no consequence. Once you've figured out and worked with the left enough, maybe playing with both feet moving together. Letting both heels lift up, maybe coming up all the way onto the toes of both feet or pointing the toes towards the middle of the room and then flexing the ankles back to a standing-ish position. Knowing your anchor is always there to come back to. And eventually let the feet come back to a neutral position. Soles of the feet would be on the floor, where they would feel like they were relating to the floor in a way that's similar to standing. And go the opposite direction. So leave the right heel on the ground this time. Feel the right ball of the foot up off of the ground. Now, it doesn't have to go high. It can, but go up and down. What's it like to take the ankle and the toes in the opposing direction here? Pull the ball of the foot up, maybe even pull the toes back towards your shin. And lifting it up and holding it is not the most pleasant always of experiences, kind of like after going for a really long hike if you haven't in a long time. You can work the right foot for a while, even holding it, moving it dynamically, and eventually the left. with the experience and sensory experience of moving the feet, the toes, at the ankle and the junctions of the foot. Tiny little movements or larger ones depending on you. And eventually you could go side to side, move both feet at the same time or let them move in opposition to one another. Take your time, but eventually bring yourself back to being still. Come back to what you've chosen to anchor your mind to, your concentration point. 
just the right leg. Bring your attention out to the right leg and peel the right heel up off of the floor, maybe up onto the right tiptoes if that makes sense. And just notice that the right thigh is now traveled up towards the ceiling a bit. Whatever angle this right thigh bone is at, see if you can keep it there. Pick your right foot up off of the floor and straighten your knee out as far as it will go without you rocking onto the front or back of the sit bones. And then rebend it. Just hinging the knee open and closed, keeping the ankle pointed. You could also play with it being flexed. It'll change how much you could straighten the knee. But setting priorities of the ankle being held in a certain position, the spine staying neutral for you, and then the knee bending and straightening around that. Knowing for a lot of you it won't get all the way straight, and that's all right. You can also play with holding the foot up off of the ground, keeping the knee to whatever degree of straightness it goes without your spine changing or the sit bone placement changing. right leg has been explored enough. You can come back to the focal point between sides if that helps anchor you. And then explore the opposing side. So setting the priority for yourself, I will stay on top of the sit bones in the configuration that I'm in. Point the ankle or flex it. And then bend and straighten the knee without the ankle changing for the most part and without rocking to the front or back of the sit bones. dynamic experience, which is one thing. There's also a held static position. For some of you, one's more challenging than the others. And for some of you, one activity holding it still will be more challenging than the other. There's no right or wrong. They're all experiences to have, make choices around. Maybe at a certain point, you choose to change the ankle on both feet and straighten out both knees to whatever degree you've figured out works. And if you have one knee that straightens out less than the other in order to stay on top of your sit bones, then let both knees stay as bent as the more bent knee needs. could change the ankle position and just notice what happens. What does that do to the priorities you've set? What happens if you were to straighten your knee all the way out? For most of you, you'll rock to the back of the sit bones, or maybe it'll show up in the back of the knees or in the hip crease. We call that counterproductive. Eventually, you can let your legs come back to being still and come back to your focal point, be it the sound, the feeling of the chair supporting you, the breath in some way. And just noticing your thighs at an angle in relation to your upper body, roughly a 90 degree or so angle. Pick the right foot up off of the ground, pick the right knee 
up away from the floor some, keep it bent, and let the right thigh travel towards you some. We'll fold the hip a little bit deeper. And then bring that down. And we go up and down. Now you're already working against the weight of the leg in relation to gravity, picking it up and down. You could also put your hand on the top of the thigh and press down just very gently and work against a bit of resistance. If that shows up in the hip crease or shows up around the sit bone or something in that area, then press the leg less or not at all. Or just consider the effort of lifting the thigh bone up without even lifting it. And then maybe lift and hold. I'm not in a place where it rocks you to the back of the sit bones, just high enough where you're still on top of them. And when you've had enough of the right leg lifting up and down, go to the left. With or without some resistance. One hip works differently than the other. That's fine. In inevitably, they will. Be part of your body right to left, different. Just be with the experience of this leg. And when you're done with the left, come back to stillness and whatever your anchor is. Get to a place where you're on top of the sit bones, the neck is neutral for you. And you can choose here, either pull the balls of both feet up off of the ground or pull the heels up on both feet. So point or flex the ankles, whichever one works better for you. Now in just the tiniest of way, use the effort in the hip to just hover the feet up off of the ground, maybe a half an inch, quarter of an inch, or maybe just the effort of picking the feet up while the toes or the heels still stay on the ground. What we like to hover the legs in this knees bent, hip folded, seated table, lower body shape. You could go up and down with both legs just in that tiny little fraction of a movement. Noticing maybe to do that it takes a lot of stability in the trunk or it's a lot of effort to hover the legs up off of the ground together. Maybe it's wiser to go back to the effort of paying attention to your anchor. Or just to one of the former experiences that you had. Maybe move one leg at a time. Lots of options. All the joint positions been introduced. The activity's been introduced. How do you relate to it? And then maybe you add the knee component. Just picking the 
foot up slightly and then letting the knee straighten out and letting the leg hover or straighten out to what degree works for you to stay with the priority of the spine for you remaining neutral. Maybe two legs doesn't make sense. It's not working. Priorities being lost or sensation in the joints. It just feels wiser to do one leg at a time. Explored that enough, come back to your anchor and back to being still. And at that point, just lean back into the chair, just lean into the chair back. And let your legs relax in whatever way. To whatever degree feels all right for you in terms of not creating any stress or anxiety, let your breath travel a little bit deeper, exploring the inhale. And as you inhale a little bit more deeply, is it something that's apparent to you that the back of the rib cage feels like not only does it press into the chair just naturally on its own, but maybe it feels like it climbs up the chair some. Just gently letting the breath deepen to explore what happens on the inhale. And can you feel how the rib cage softens away from the chair and descends on the exhale, even if it's subtly? And maybe that's not the experience. There's something else that you could notice about the breath. But on the inhale, start to add, what would it be like to shrug the shoulders up as you inhale? What would that do to the rib cage? And as you exhale, if you let the shoulders shrug back down, back and forth between that, just noticing as the shoulders lift and the inhale comes in, the rib cage tends to lift up with them. And the exhale does the opposite. At that point, just let the shoulders relax and the breath be whatever it feels wise for you. Just let your arms hang down at your sides at this point. You can let your fingers relax or you can make fists if you would prefer. And then just from here, just take your arms forward and up just a few degrees, maybe a bit higher than your thighs. and then bring them back down. And then keep moving with that. And perhaps you add, as the arms come forward and up, you inhale with that. And as the arms come back down, you exhale. Or allow the breath to move in a pace and a way that feels fine for you. And you can start to lift the arms a little bit higher, keeping the upper arms roughly the distance apart of your shoulders. Play with shoulder height. Eventually let the arms come forward and up to roughly shoulder height. And take your attention to the shoulder itself. By moving the upper arm bone, change the shoulder. So turn your upper arms, the biceps, 
out towards the sides of the room. Spin the inner arms away from the midline. The palms might even turn up towards the ceiling. And then go the opposing direction, turn them in. And go back and forth, turning in, turning out. And if the height of the arms is too high or it feels unwise, you lower them or you can break at any point and come back to your anchor. Can you find the shoulder, changing the rotation of the shoulder, knowing that technically you could change the shoulder without it doing much to, in terms of rotating the lower arms of the hands? Hands would change position, but they don't have to turn. You can bring your arms down and let them rest for a moment, come back to what you've chosen to pay attention to when no other activity is at hand. And take your arms forward and up eventually to shoulder height again. And turn from the shoulder to a place where it feels like your biceps are facing fairly straight up towards the ceiling. And bring the upper arms to roughly shoulder distance apart. Where it feels like the center line of your elbow would be in line with the center of your shoulder, roughly the distance or width of your shoulders apart. And then take the arms wider than the shoulders here. And then bring them back to where they started and let them cross towards the midline some. Go back and forth, wider and narrower. Understanding that as you go wider and narrower, that you're trying to keep the biceps facing fairly straight up to begin with. that eventually you could turn from the shoulder if you wanted to explore what that would be like. What happens if you turned one way or the other? Eventually, you get your arms to a place where it feels like the biceps are fairly straight up to the ceiling. It feels like your upper arms are roughly distance apart of your shoulders. Notice for some of you how the mind wants to travel to the hands instead of up in the upper arms. And at this point, hold the arms that distance apart in that rotation, but reach for the middle of the room some. And then bring the shoulder blades back to where they started. And just move the arms, reaching and then retracting, noticing what happens there. Can you keep them the same rough distance apart, the rotation roughly the same and reach? And know that you can always come back to letting the arms take a rest back to your anchor and then return to the activity at any point. Or you can change and not have the arms up so high. Eventually, it would be to take the arms to shoulder height at shoulder distance, the biceps up, and to reach for the middle of the room, and then to start to take the arms up overhead. And as they begin to travel overhead, reach for the ceiling. Let the ribcage travel up the chair. And then you can bring them back down to where they began. Going from a place where they would be mimicking a lot of what it would be like to be on all fours, to a place where it would be a lot like what you would be doing if you're doing down dog in the shoulder, reaching up. 
And just notice as you reach up and down, if the rib cage pitches one way or the other, if the back part feels like it lifts off the chair, we'll call that productive. But if it feels like the lower back pitches away from the chair, we'll call that counterproductive. And maybe the arms don't come all the way up to the cheeks, probably nowhere near the wall. Maybe they stop short of that. whenever you've worked on the arms enough and bring them back to a place of rest. And again, there's no rush. Back to what you've chosen to pay attention to. Now for some of you, perhaps you'd like to stay seated in the chair to combine all these activities together. For some of you, you may want to lie down on your back. If you choose to lie down on your back, move yourself so that you're closer to the middle of the room. And have the feet on the wall side of the mat. If you're staying seated, you can be there. So regardless of seated or reclined, start with the spine in your personal neutral position. If you're reclined, you'll notice perhaps that the ankles are in a certain position, the knees are bent further than they had been when you were seated, and the hip is slightly unfolded. So whether you're seated or reclined, can you make your way to that position where your hip is folded at 90? The ankles are in some either pointed or flexed configuration, either hovering the entire leg up off the floor if you're reclined or hovering the feet up off of the floor a tiny bit if you're seated. And then you can take the arms either up towards the ceiling or towards the middle of the room. And from there would be the idea of can you go from here to taking the arms up overhead. And maybe you play with straightening one knee out some, or maybe both knees out some, so that you end up going from all fours position to a reclined or a seated down dog. Maybe you move asymmetrically. What would it be like to do one arm, one leg? Let those oppose, or maybe even cross body. Working with small ranges or larger ranges, it's of what feels wise and worth exploring to you, or even stillness and your anchor and the focal point. Maybe for now, a period of time, you start to adapt. Letting the legs go wider than where they are, letting the arms come out to the side and up. And letting the legs or arms even rotate, and swiveling the hip or circling the ankle, or maybe even the neck, what would be worth exploring in a more organic, freeform way. And again, some methodical 
like the technicality, some of you, the free form, they're impermanent passing experiences that you may have preference around, but there's no right or wrong. There's your choice of how you interact with this. So make whatever choice feels worth exploring and wise for you. What brings you to pay attention? Notice where you maybe want to do more than is needed or to feel like perhaps what you're exploring is not right or wise. I don't know what the internal experience is, but right now you're moving your arms and legs around in some way, be it a large way or a smaller way. You also could be paying attention to what you've chosen to focus on or to buck what I'm doing altogether and to make a choice to explore something a little bit different. You've kept your spine fairly neutral, so whether or not you're lying down or seated, could play with doing little circles with the spine, rolling around on the sit bones or letting the pelvis tip in circles. You could even hug your knees in or fold yourself over your legs if you're seated. You could let your legs windshield wiper to the sides. It's letting yourself move in some way where if you were to be still again in the next few moments, you would feel like you were able to, to the best of your current ability today, which is perfect no matter how it goes. Again, there's absolutely no rush. So feel free to take your time to explore what you would like to. And eventually you'll choose a sustainable, comfortable position to become still in again, be it reclined or seated. If it's reclined, you could also tip to your side. There's plenty of props around you. You could flip over onto your belly. You could change the way you're seated in the chair. Take your time to get to that. Whenever you reach that place of final position, stillness, then let the mind settle on your focal point again. You could go from sound to now contact with surface to 
the breath's relationship to a sensory experience, or you could just go to the one you've chosen, remain consistent with that. All the other experiences preceding this were happening here. All the sensory experiences available are still here in some way. It's just choosing to put your mind on one focal point, not as a means to ignore or detach from the rest, but just as a means to hone that concentration skill, to know how to get to the present moment, how to get back there when needs be. whatever singular focal point you've chosen let the mind and body experience other sensory experiences be it moving a little bit feeling the movement and the sensation of the breath move a bit side to side feel the temperature of the room experience even the light from the lights above you, and the other people moving and breathing around you as they get themselves eventually up to seated if they're not there already. Whatever seated position you choose is fine. Let the arms rest, let the eyes close if you'd like, or fix them, turn them down. Let 
Join your hands together in front of you. Leave them in your lap as well. If you'd like to bow your head, you're welcome to do that. It's how do you want to close the end of a practice cycle. If your head is bowed, lifted, and open your eyes if they're not. Thank you. Have good lunch. <laughs>